Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. This week, time travelers, we're having a chat about Cave Story and going back to the year 2004. At the time of recording, it is November the 30th and the year is 2023. I am Ash the Newton and joining me through a series of tubes is my co-host, Andy the Android. Hello. How's it going? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's I'm fair. Tired. Yeah. But, uh, but hanging in there. I'm, I'm usually always tired these days. I think it's just becoming a characteristic of, of mine. You're the Incredible <laughs> Hulk of being tired. Uh, yeah. That's your secret. Yeah. You're always tired. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, I, I just like, you know, I got my flu shot the other day, uh, COVID booster, that sort of thing. And I just, yeah. uh, makes me just feel kind of, kind of tired. That's all that's really going on. Uh, how about, how about you? How are you doing? Doing good. Nothing. Things been good. Got some Thai food again for dinner. Uh-huh. Seems like. Not every time, but like a good amount of the time now on nights that we record, I end up getting Thai food for dinner. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, hey, that's a, that's a ritual I can get behind. Oh yeah. Love, love my Thai spicy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been eating incredibly boring pretty much over the last week. I just went to the store last weekend and prepped things for, you know, got some milk for cereal for breakfast (laughs) and I made uh, my my uh, vegan lentil stew for for lunch. Nice, <laughs> um, with kielbasa added, of course, to make it not <laughs> gotta gotta drop the vegan right there. Well, like, the, the, I feel like you gotta like take <laughs> take vegan out of the description because <laughs> yeah, you're like, no. well, because well, then I add kielbasa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, that's it's just my joke. Yeah, you know. Cause it is a vegan recipe, but I was like, but I like kielbasa in my, uh, vegan stew. <laughs> so. <laughs> and all I can uh, think about is kielbasa sausage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I prepped some, uh, made up some chicken thighs so I can just like make salad wraps and stuff for dinner. So it's just been overall boring. I didn't go out to eat all week. Um, which is unusual for me basically. Yeah, it was funny. I was thinking like I didn't even go out to eat it all, and I'm like, no. Last night we we uh, we walked out and got some pizza, so I was like, never mind. We did go eat out. I guess what I was thinking was like it took me until Thursday to try to order anything for delivery, and that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> try and stave off the week, but I'm I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to have a good meal the next day or so. Make it uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> um. But speaking of uh, my my stew, it's, it's the the weather's been real kind of chilly <laughs> and mildly uh, wintry lately. So I did uh, have a really like the world's smallest chicken pot pie for lunch today. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, why? How? How did you? I just I just say that because like I ended up getting ended up getting that on the walk home from dinner last night, like stopping at the store and was like, oh, that might be good for lunch. Yeah. It, don't get me wrong. It was very good. But yeah. like, have you noticed? And I don't know. This is the first time I've had a chicken pot pie in a very long time, like a freezer one. Uh huh. Like, when did they stop actually making it a pot pie and making it just like a top crust over the top of things that go in a chicken pot pie? Oh, it's not. But a then whole. it's it's not a whole thing. 
if it was a whole thing, I think I would have been like satisfied, but I ate it and I was like, uh, I need to eat some more food. Like this wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, it's the shrink of vacation, man. It's I was going to say like, um, Seinfeld, like the muffin tops or something. It was just kind of missing something, the bottom half, yeah, right? He's just so, missing the bottom half. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, of the, of the crust anyway. Yeah. The top half of that crust was great, but it wasn't it wasn't a whole pie. <laughs> <laughs> Three quarters. Where's the pie? <laughs> I mean, I paid for a pie anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't be Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so yeah, mildly wintry weather. Um, it's doing a good job keeping me inside for the most part. So I mean, working from home and being able to walk to a grocery store like keeps me inside a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, what about uh, your Thanksgiving holiday? You want to talk about any any of that? Sure. I mean, it was really nice. I had uh, a friend, a couple of ours, come over and um, have a really lovely meal with us. Made some short ribs. Made some. Wait, did we talk about this last? No, never mind. We didn't talk about this last time. Mm-hmm. Like time is so freaking weird right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah so, uh, short rib mashed potatoes, a kale salad with butternut squash, a shallot vinaigrette dressing, and um, pomegranate seeds in it as well. Very um, nice. Yeah, I made the short ribs. Um, oh, we also had some asparagus and, uh, we were going to make an apple tart, but we didn't do that until just the other day. Um, and I made that and it was, it was delicious. We, we uh, like cheated using, uh, cheated air quotes using the Dufour puff pastry, Mm -hmm. like, you know, which you can buy in the freezer section at the store one day. One day I want to make puff pastry from scratch. It oh. looks really difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it looks sure. like it takes a long time, but you know, one day I'll do it. Okay. Be fun. Yeah. We we um we, my uh, uh partner's family, we did our our annual potluck and had like a hilarious amount of food. We probably like barely put a dent in like anything because there was probably like 20 trays of food oh, just, geez. Like, just like way too much you know stuff um and we, we you know we're, we attempt to be organized like we have a shared um like document where so everyone, everybody just brings mashed potatoes yeah yeah <laughs> we kind of split everything up or announce what we're bringing but people show up with more than what they announced yeah. and it's <laughs> it, it gets out of hand quickly um and then yeah i went and visit my dad and he made us a, a crab dinner one night and, and uh, ribs on the smoker the other night. And nice. we were eating, we eating good. We got some pumpkin pie in there. I baked some cookies that you saw were burnt a oh, little yeah. bit. <laughs> but they still taste pretty good. Like um, those were the worst offenders like the, okay. that I showed you in okay. that picture. But, um, but I still, it's just the very bottom that's burnt. The rest of the cookie is great. So <laughs> but yeah, it's so weird. Slowly. Do you have anything else or should we get on? I, mean, I, I did also bake cookies, I think, since the last time we recorded. And I've baked some bread a, a couple times now since yeah, we recorded. Ma- mash the baker. That's right. <laughs> and, oh man, I might I might bake this uh, cranberry something coffee cake. 
Oh. This, this weekend, maybe. Okay. Because my partner, like I ended up telling my partner recently, I'm like, I was like, I feel like I want to bake some more stuff, like things that I've never made before. It's like, so if you have ideas for things, send them to me and then maybe I will make that. Okay. So. Biscotti, do it. Biscotti. <laughs> isn't that just... Twice baked bread, basically. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. isn't that like a really thin... Is it like a ciabatta or something? Uh, I said maybe something like that. It's in that sort of shape, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway. But uh, but yeah, uh, might have to invite myself over for some coffee cake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. <sounds> amazing. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I it, it looks good, and, and it and when I was when I was going through like the recipe, I was like, this actually feels very doable. Like mm. this doesn't doesn't feel insurmountable. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question time. Yes. You want to want to tell the folks what our question is? So, uh, Gerald RX40 is asking the questions that everybody wants to know. The hard-hitting questions. Yeah. Um, he wants to know what our favorite boss fight is. And he adds, mine is probably Rick the door technician, which is kind of an anti-boss uh from what uh, you know i didn't know who this is i had to look yeah up, same right? i i had to look it up as well because i was like what boss is rick the door technician like what game is this from <laughs> yeah yeah it's from so, jedi survivor <laughs> yeah you look it up and and you know sorry if this is a spoiler or whatever but <laughs> it's just you go on this corridor and this rick the door technician gets a health bar he's like and, there he is this is jedi Let's get him. Or like, I'm going to get him. Yeah. He runs up (laughs) and he's got like no health. (laughs) It's just take him down. I mean, he's got this giant health bar at the top of the screen, but just like one hit and he's down and he just goes down like a (laughs) rag (laughs) doll. So that, that, yeah. So that, I think that's kind of a funny answer just because of yeah. anti-boss, right? Like, yeah. I watched a few different people's videos uh, from a few different people taking down Rick the door technician. <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to see like if there was any instance of him actually putting up any sort of fight and it doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what a menacing name, right? Like, yeah, door <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Uh, it reminds me of like something like I don't know. Sounds like Larry the Cable Guy. Something very, yeah. like, <laughs> very. I don't know. Um, so anyway, do you want to talk about your favorite boss? Sure. I, I was having a hard time with this for whatever reason. Maybe it's because either it's because I don't like boss fights a lot, or or I just don't remember them. And it, it's probably the latter. It's probably the I don't remember this. Um, cause I, I do like when bosses, I do like when bosses feel like a victory lap after you've had a tough time in the game, mm-hmm. but, um, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. So the only one that I could think of off the top of my head was super shredder from turtles in time. Uh, yeah, it's partly because I've played it so many times and it's so predictable that I'm just like, I can just get through that without taking any damage like Mm -hmm. it's so like it's such i guess muscle memory now 
that I do genuinely enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's like comforting, I guess, and predictable. And then uh, I thought of GLaDOS from Portal. Yeah. Which I guess also then Wheatley. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to, yeah, that, that Wheatley was, it, you know, it's really interesting. I got to hand it to, you know, uh, the Portal team because it's not, easy really coming up with a boss fight in a puzzle game you know like yeah. where a game you don't really shoot guns you, you i mean you, <laughs> it's a gun but it shoots holes not yeah. bullet holes but <laughs> anyway, yes um it just it, it, it's kind of difficult to do a boss fight and they pulled it off in both instances yeah and a lot of a lot of it is like in the first game is like misdirection right with um like reflecting gladys's attacks right back at GLaDOS and, and Wheatley's a whole nother thing, but yeah. Um, but much more varied, a uh, very cool, uh, for, for me, I kind of like in my head, I was sticking to final bosses. Um, I also had some trouble as well, which is, it, it's kind of <sighs> weird. Um, did, did you think of one? Psychomantis. Oh, you like that fight. Like I mean, that. just the concept of, I don't know, man. Metal Gear Solid was a thing. Like yeah. it was a real thing when it, when it was out, like, Oh my God. It, yeah. yeah. So that, that whole thing where he's like reading off and talking about things that are on your memory card and the games that you've played. Yeah. Uh, when you're not expecting any of that because it hasn't been talked about on the internet and then you just keep failing and then you're able to defeat him with the the second like the the controller in the port like the second player port like what yeah so i mean i just yeah that actually i think is one of the coolest unexpected boss interactions doesn't he also like change your like video signal you think that you're it's like like he, he changes the input so it makes it look like you're on the wrong input on your TV. It like switches with a blue screen. And yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Yeah, I just I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's yeah. it's been since I rented the game when it was new <laughs> that I've experienced, or since I've experienced that. Yeah. Yeah, they do the thing where it says like AV2 or something and you've got a blue screen. It says no signal. <laughs> and it's it's tr- it's funny because it's like it's confusing because you're like your TV may or may not look like that, but it probably did because like all TVs were like that yeah. um, for a while there or it looked similar enough to yeah. fool you. Um, yeah, so, so some of the things that I was thinking of with like uh, – fighting like Ganondorf and Ganon in Ocarina of Time, like, like what a crazy, just like you're, you're in the future, you know, sort of trying to stop this all powerful monster. And like literally the castles like destroyed and you're fighting Ganon at the end and he emerges from the rubble. It's just like, it feels incredibly high stakes. And I don't think that that setting or tone has been replicated in a Zelda game. Like, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, um, no spoilers, but like tears of the kingdom, like that was a huge scale boss, you know, uh, at the end. Um, if so, if you played, you know what I'm talking about? Um, 
but yeah, just nothing, nothing really comes close. The thunder and lightning, the darkness, it's kind of, it's kind of awesome. Um, personally, like with my experience too, cause I don't think on paper that this is a great boss fight, but like my personal fight I had with Bowser and my like first 120 star run, um, I, I managed to beat him first try, but it was just like, it was so close. Like I was down to one hit point, one health at the end. So it just felt like a bloodbath. Like we were just like trading blows and it just like, I barely inched out victory at the end. It just felt like a real, I don't know, just a, a, a epic battle. Like it wasn't one that was won easily, you know, but it was done. So, um, so yeah, those those are a couple boss fights that come to mind. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm sure I'll kick myself later. Uh, not not during the show, but yeah. like after in the middle of the night. I'm when like, oh, when I'm God. editing this, I'll be like, man, why didn't I say yeah. whatever? Yeah. Exactly. I guess I could always record it and put it in <laughs> as <laughs> I'm <like> editing. <laughs> Pete's mic, like, I mean, <laughs> record over your. I also really like. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's what you'll sound like. Because <laughs> I, because all of a sudden I don't know how to use a microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just put it in my mouth, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's funny like when you're watching YouTube or something and you, you can tell when something was recorded at a different time because the mic is oh, like yeah. suddenly completely different place, like yeah. in, in different tone <laughs> or they might be way more calm when they're talking. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, doesn't bother me that much. I just get a little chuckle out of it. Yeah, it is. It is funny to notice it. Yeah. Like, oh, they had to do something after the initial recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, or they didn't record this. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think it's hard to match your volume in two different settings, you know? So, unless you're a pro. Yeah. Unless you're a pro. (laughs) I'm definitely not a pro. (laughs) Um, All right. Real quick before we go to the news, I just want to remind folks it's close to the end of the year. And normally we do a top five of like each, each one of us has our own list of top, the top five games that we played that came out, you know, this year. So we're going to do that again. I just wanted to, or at least I think we are. <laughs> do you feel like doing that again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think we have it scheduled, but we can, no, it's not know. scheduled. It'll be somewhere remotely close to the end of the year. Yeah. So close to the end of this year or beginning of next, it's somewhere yeah. in that, like two, like last week of the year, first week of the year <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> kind yeah. of, kind of thing. But yeah, so look out for that. It uh, should be fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it definitely will. It's a good time to reflect. And I know I played a lot of games, a lot of games that did come out this year that were really good. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be a tough list. Same. It is going to be tough. Yeah. <sighs> I'm I'm almost bummed I played so many games from this year yeah. because it really it it's it's yeah it's going to be it's going to be a mental bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. You can always use some honorable mentions and stuff oh, so for you sure. can throw things in. So 
there there's a game that since I played it in February, I've been remembering it because I would like it to be in my top five. I just don't know if it will be. Uh, was it High Fire Rush? No. Oh, okay. I just thought it take a. It was not that because I think High Fire Rush came out in March or April, maybe. Uh, oh, okay. Maybe or I, I don't know. January. January. Oh, January. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think. Well, regardless, should we do the news? Let's do it. All right. Uh, first story of two that we have here is Beyond Good and Evil 20th Anniversary Edition arrives early next year. So we did play Beyond Good and Evil for the yeah. show. I don't, let me see. I want to say, I don't remember which episode, but I want to tell folks in case they didn't listen previously. Episode number 46. Man, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, episode 46 was Beyond Good and Evil. And I got to say, I did really did really enjoy that game. It was very unique. Um, and I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with the 20th anniversary edition. Yeah, I, I was thumbing through the screenshots here or um, clicking. As a, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the, the 4K 60, they said... The, the graphics do look enhanced. Like I see yeah. like new lighting and maybe even new textures, <clears throat> which is exciting. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, the lighting definitely does look better. Yeah. For sure. So I, I just see a lot of detail in the character models and, and stuff that's popping out. So yeah. Look, we'll looking see. good. Um, I mean, there, there's one, I think it's the middle screenshot here where it shows the space battles. That's some hardcore motion blur going on there that I don't think was present in the original yeah. game. So uh, we will we'll see. But um, yeah, 4K 60 FPS. That'd be pretty cool. Yep, and it's coming to PS5, the Xbox series consoles, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Okay, cool. So everything, everything modern. So even 4K 60 on the Switch? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. I don't think there is a... Huh, I don't think, yeah. I don't think there would be a single 4K game on the Switch. I, don't, no. I, I think it literally doesn't output. No, it does 4K. not. <laughs> it doesn't. Maybe maybe the next one, if there mm. is a next one. Yeah, I think uh, there there's one... What is it? The uh, The Witness... I recall is a game. I think it's one of the few games that's like 1080 60 on the switch. Oh, okay. Something I mean, it's, yeah, I could, I could believe it. that. Cause that's that game's like mist, right? Yeah. Um, so, something like that. I think it's an isometric like platformer, um, and puzzle game sort of thing, but okay. it's the only game I, th- I think on, on, I can't remember if it's PS five or series X. I think it runs at eight K. that so much performance overhead because the code is so well enhanced anyway oh voxel isometric kind of grab anyway okay it's a cool game i i want to finish it i was playing it for a while but um it wasn't what i was feeling at the time so i moved on fair enough i was gonna say 6k but i think it was ori and the will of the wisps is the one that runs at 6k on series x oh okay Uh, nice uh, um next story 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I threw this in here last minute because I, I found out uh, Turok 3 Shadow of Oblivion uh, is now out on Switch. So uh, I think it's coming to more platforms, but the article I have here just says Switch today. Reminds me, I was just saying, it reminds me I haven't played Turok 2 yet. So got to play that at some point. Yeah, I haven't played Turok 2 either. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that all of these games are really different, like because they've come out at a very sort of transformative time for shooters. So they take inspiration from different games. And I think this was the one that was first one that was post Half-Life. So, well, actually, no, I think, huh. Okay. I, I, I'm going to just retract that statement. <laughs> anyway, it's, there are some very similar half-life sort of set pieces and things that they have in, in, in this game. So interact three interact three. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's really all I have to say about that. Just maybe a, we'll put a pin and we need to play Turok two seeds of evil sometime. Yeah, I have it so I can, I I've got the means to play it. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think I got it as part of like a double pack or something. All right. Well, should we should we go talk about Cave Story? Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived. It is December the 20th. The year is 2004. And on that uh, iPod. Yeah, 2004, there were iPods, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, 2001, I think, is when when the first one came out, right? Sounds familiar. Okay. Uh, on that iPod, uh, the number one song today, which is Drop It Like It's Hot by Snoop Dogg featuring Pharrell. Mm. I don't know. I thought I was going to say something else regarding the song, but it just was playing in my head. All this uh, time, I, I didn't even know that Pharrell was part of that. So that's... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, in the video, you definitely see him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, now that that's wrapping up, for some reason, I've got modern UK Christmas music on this iPod. Oh. Uh, and the number one song in the UK today is Do They Know It's Christmas by Band Aid 20. Because it's, it's a bunch of musicians coming together to make a song type thing. You know? It's got all kinds of famous singing folks. I see doing music in this song. It's interesting. Yeah, they call it Band Aid Twenty because oh, I think it's Band-Aid. the twentieth. Ah, it's not it's a the... Band Aid. It's Band Aid. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. Do they know it's Christmas? Uh maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's unknowable. It's unknowable. Oh, um, Bono's in there. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. You're like, okay, well, now it's worth it. Bono's there. Ah, uh, no. Bono's it, there. It, some, somehow it, it makes it more funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other things going on this month. December the 13th, Electronic Arts purchases a five-year exclusive agreement for the rights of the NFL, which includes NFL teams, stadiums, and players for use in EA's football video games. Uh, December 19th, world's largest indoor water park, Tropical Islands Resort, opens in the Arium, an old airship hangar in the world's largest freestanding hall south of Berlin in Germany. December the 20th, Electronic Arts purchases a 20% stake in Ubisoft. 
the purchase at the time was considered hostile. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is kind of weird. Competitive years. Like I'm going to buy 20% of your company. Yeah. You know, the shares of your company anyway. So if you win, we win. (laughs) Uh, December 31st, official opening of Taipei 101. The, the, then the tallest skyscraper in the world at a height of 509 meters, which is 1,670 feet for all you folks that measure thing and things in freedom units, yeah. <laughs> which, oh my God, did you see the recent clip on SNL of like George Washington and his dream? No, no. Oh, it is, it is, it has to do <laughs> With, I mean, part of it has to do with uh, measuring things and feet and mm. all. Anyway, it's it's a it's a funny sketch. It's worth checking out. Um, movies released this month include The Marksman, Million Dollar Baby, In Good Company, Fat Albert, Out of Season, Meet the Fockers, Spanglish, Ocean's Twelve, Closer, Blade Trinity, and Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Music I released. Never saw that movie. I oh no, it. I saw it in the theater. I think. Yeah, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw Closer, Blade Trinity, Oceans 12, Meet the Fockers. <laughs> mm. I think no, I saw I think all I, of those yeah. in the theater that month. <laughs> I've seen, um, yeah, I've seen a lot of these. I, I think I've seen pieces of Fat Albert. Uh, but yeah, I think I've seen pretty much all those movies too. Was Pieces of Fat Albert the sequel? Uh, just kidding could have been (laughs) that would have made things interesting right (laughs) (laughs) took a dark turn yeah (laughs) uh music release this month includes speak from Lindsay lohan loyal to the game from tupac the red light district from ludicrous get lifted from john legend uh 4r020 from afro man uh (laughs) hotel new york from anuk and Untitled from DJ Rainbow Ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh my god, I forgot that I put that in there because I saw that. I'm like, I don't know who that is, but I mean, come on, DJ Rainbow Ejaculation. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I somehow forgot that Lindsay Lohan made an album. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cracks me up. Notable video games released this month include Painkiller, Battle Out of Hell, Scrapland, The Lord of the Rings, Battle for Middle-Earth, The Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay, Cave Story, and Gary's Mod, all for the Windows PC. On the PS2, we saw Gran Turismo 4, Beautiful Joe 2, Mega Man X8, and Grow Lancer Generations. All right. Uh, For the Xbox, (laughs) we saw Gun Griffin, Allied Strike, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords. For the GameCube, there was Mario Party 6 and Dragon Ball Z Budokai 2. The games Prince of Persia Warrior Within and NFL Street 2 were multi-platform releases this month. Nice. I remember playing Warrior Within and probably a few other of these games, but... Uh... Yes, I think. Wait, did I? No. I played none of these games from this month. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Not even Gary's mod. Mm-hmm. Okay, Gary's mod. I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so I I did when Gary's mod was. Oh, hold on a second. This is two thousand four. Half Life, mm. two had just come out. Mm. Yes, I did download Gary's mod. <laughs> yeah, I think it took me a little while. I think I was playing it in two thousand five or something. But, um, 
Yeah, it seems pretty limited back in the day. But oh, it was, but man, yeah. oh my man, I made this really to me this really cool screenshot that made it look like Half Life Two was a fighting game, oh. and I posed Alex and Barney to fight each other, <laughs> and like I put health bar, like I edited the picture to put health bars, like yeah. oh man, it was fun. Anyway, I liked making the um, airboat fly by like putting balloons and stuff on it, yeah. so it would fly. Anyway, that was fun, uh, but. We're not talking about Gary's Mod. We're talking about Cave Story, uh, released December 20th, 2004. Uh, today, it is playable on Microsoft Windows Wii, Nintendo DSi, Nintendo 3DS, OS X, Linux, Nintendo Switch, and a whole ton of uh, unofficial ports, basically. Like, oh, yeah? There, yeah, there's... there's um, there's a site you can go to. I don't know if it's cavestory.org or whatever, but it has it's it they've basically gone doom with this thing. Like they've got a Genesis port, they've got a Dreamcast port, they've got Oh wow. What it yeah, they're they're all out there. Um so uh some of them are incomplete, but you can play them on a lot of platforms so, or play uh, Cave Story. So fun fact. Uh nice. but speaking of the history, uh so we're gonna start with the uh, founder and creator, Daisuke Pixel Amaya, um, spent five years developing Cave Story in his free time. He initiated the project during college and continued working on it alongside his job as a software developer. His journey began with crafting the title screen, music, and implementing basic character movements. The concept of the cave setting emerged spontaneously as he experimented with enclosed spaces. However, Amaya acknowledged um, the, that the lack of planning led to challenges later on as he lacked dedicated map editing and data management tools. Describing the game with an old-fashioned feel, Amaya drew inspiration from childhood games like Metroid, allowing him to create a significant amount of art independently, something challenging in a 3D game. During a game developers conference post-mortem, Amaya highlighted the role of pragmatic design in shaping the game. When designing the main character, quote, he took cues from Mario's original appearance, large, expressive face, and high contrast with the surroundings. The design choice extended to the other characters, featuring light skin or white clothes for visibility against dark cave backgrounds. Maya structured levels around singular themes for memorability, like warmth for the egg quarter and arid and oppressive for the sand zone. Instead of a tutorial level, which Amaya dislikes, the initial level presents two paths, one blocked until retrieving an item from the other, a design uh, inspired by Metroid, fostering a sense of problem solving throughout the game. In beta versions, enemies resembled bars of soap evolving into the character Balrog. Uh, there was also a frog prince character designed for easier water traversal, elements of which found their way into the Nintendo 3DS version of the game. And for the reception, the original Cave Story received widespread critical acclaim. According to 1UP.com, it's so massive that it rivals modern Game Boy Advance, Castlevania, and Metroid games in terms of scope and playtime. Game Informer's Matt Miller noted that it blends elements from Metroid, Ninja Gaiden, Mega Man, 
The Legend of Zelda and Castlevania into an engrossing, challenging, and quite lengthy experience. Inside Matt Games attributed the game's popularity to its polished feel, engaging storyline, and compelling artwork. Somebody from Retro Gamer Magazine even named it their favorite game of all time. Electronic Gaming Monthly praised Cave Story, stating that the burgeoning, uh, is, that, is that how you pronounce that? The burgeoning, yeah. I think, yeah, Western indie game scene owes a tremendous debt to Japanese pioneers like Studio Pixel, whose freeware hit Cave Story proved that with sufficient vision, skill, and passion, a single developer can still craft a deep, compelling action game. Destructoid's Jonathan Holmes compared its game design to Shigeru Miyamoto's ability to teach without tutorials reminiscent of Super Mario Bros. In 2006, uh, Cave Story secured the top spot at on Superplay's list of 50 best freeware games. In 2015, it ranked 14th on US Gamers' The Best 15 Games Since 2000 list. The WiiWare version garnered positive reviews despite criticism for its 1200 Wii point price tag, which was roughly equivalent to $12 uh, American or £10 uh, after years of being free to play. 1UP.com's Jerry, Jeremy Parrish praised the graphical update, preserving the game's classic charm. He recommended the classic controller and Wii remote over the PC's keyboard input and justified the price tag as a fitting reward for the developer's hard work. Eurogamer's John Tay, or sorry, Eurogamer's John Teddy shared similar sentiments, though he noted the technical issues with the remixed music, recommending the original soundtrack. Uh, Edge likened the remake to the Secret of Monkey Island Special Edition, pleasing both modern and old school fans with its graphical overhaul and its option to switch to the original graphics. Uh, IGN's Damon Hatfield felt the cave story belongs on a Nintendo system and drew gameplay similarities to Blaster Master. The game was nominated for Game of the Year and WiiWare Game of the Year uh, at the 2010 Nintendo Power Awards. Critics of Cave Story 3D echoed the sentiments of the WiiWare version. Many argued that the $40 price tag did not justify the graphical upgrade, especially with cheaper or free versions available. Jeremy Parrish defended the release, finding satisfaction in its availability as a physical cartridge. GameSpot's Jane Douglas praised the 3DS's circle pads uh, comfort in the game's control scheme. However, uh, IGN's Audrey uh, Drake noted that the 3D effect made it challenging to distinguish certain platforms, a concern shared by Douglas. The UK official Nintendo magazine's Simon Parkin criticized the lack of detail in the 3D models and the too dark color palette. Famitsu Weekly's four reviewers gave it an average score of 30 out of 40 points with nominations for Best Adventure Game at the 2011 Nintendo Power Awards. And because there are so many... Uh, versions and ports this mm -hmm. section right now is about ports so for the ports um we since we already did previously kind of talk about some of the paid versions that came out uh these are different versions like you had mentioned uh, several yeah. free recreations and reverse engineered versions of cave story exist such as the nx engine cse2 and Dogot uh, dokotsu rs 
Mm-hmm. Uh, these yeah, versions. That, oh, what's up? That was the mod that I originally the U- played. Okay, cool. The Dokutsu RS. Um, yeah, just kind of brings a, a lot of the the niceties that came with some of the Wii versions or later releases onto back to PC. Gotcha. Whether you have the freeware version or the paid version on Steam. Uh, these versions allow extensive. <clears throat> These versions allow extensive modification of the game and support various devices and operating systems, including Linux, macOS, Android, GameCube, PlayStation, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Portable, Xbox, Xbox One, Xbox Series, SNX, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Genesis, and web browsers. Fan translations by the Aeon Genesis group uh, are used in these unofficial ports to avoid legal issues and because many of these ports predate the official translation. Um, yeah. So you see what I mean? They're, they went full doom with it because there's no reason that a series X or series S port should exist, but they did it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Uh, other than to just have it there. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, this is a little bit interesting. We're going to talk about cave story plus, which is, uh, sort of the enhanced version of cave stories. And that is the version that I played. Yeah. Um, Nick Nicalis released, uh, an enhanced PC version called cave story plus on steam, November 22nd, 2011. This version includes all additional modes from the WiiWare version, a remastered soundtrack and the ability to toggle between classic and WiiWare graphics styles and choose music from the original game, the WiiWare port or the 3ds update. It also features an exclusive wind fortress level, uh, the game received an update that added exclusive machine, the exclusive machine gun challenge. Uh, Case Story Plus was included in Humble Indie Bundle 4 sale in December 2011. I'm surprised I didn't already own it then because I was <laughs> definitely collecting those <laughs> for a while. Humble Bundle 7 in December two, 2012 and released on the Desura service in April 2012. Nicalis later announced a port of K-Story Plus for the Nintendo Switch. Yep, that's yeah. the one that I played. Uh, which was released June 20th, 2017. The physical version includes full a full-color manual and mini CD with Famitracker-made arrangements of the uh, game soundtrack. The The manual is pretty cool. Yeah, it, I, you sent me a picture. I thought yeah. I did think it was awesome. It also introduces two-player cooperative play and a remix version of the original soundtrack by the composers of The Binding of Isaac, Rebirth. Uh, GameStop purchases include keychains modeled after, quote, Curly and Balrog. All right, and then uh, Cave Story 3D. Cave Story 3D is a 3D version of the game developed by Nicalis and published by NIS America as a retail title for the Nintendo 3DS was released on November 8th, 2011 in North America, November 11th and 20, sorry, November 11th, 2011. Oh, on 11, 11, 11. Hey, that was uh, Skyrim. Uh, so 11, 11, 11 in Europe and then July 26th, 2012 in Japan. The game was built from scratch using 3D character models and features a dynamic camera system, an additional level and a remixed soundtrack by Danny uh, Baranowski. The Japanese version includes crossover content from various NIS and other companies, companies, <laughs> franchises to focus more on perfecting the title. Amaya quit his job as a software developer to become the director of cave story 3d noting the difficulty of the transition to 3d due to the need to consider numerous details. So didn't, did you play that? 
Uh, yeah, so that was the version that I played. Um, it, it's kind of interesting when it talks about the different Japanese franchise cro- crossovers. There's one from, um, like, there's a hat you can put on quote that's called, uh, it, it's it's a printy hat from the Disgaea series. Oh, okay, um, yeah. So it's a little penguin. Yeah, a little like penguin. penguin. Uh, so that's kind of a, a fun thing. I didn't collect it, um, but I did find the area where you get it and I, th- I figured that the guide was going to have me come back to it later, but I found out that that was a 3DS exclusive and there's no 3DS guides really out there. No one bothered writing them. There's almost n- like, there's hardly any cave story plus guides. Yeah. yeah. So I was trying, like, I never mind. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all good. So just, um, yeah, not a, a whole lot of differences though. Like it, it, it pretty much hangs on to the core, and I was able to use an older guide, no problem. Yeah, uh, a Wii guide basically. Uh, as for the overview, uh, Cave Story is a 2D action adventure game known for its compelling gameplay and retro inspired design. Players control the protagonist, uh, quote, as he navigates through uh, a vast underground world filled with challenging enemies and intricate platforming levels the game combines elements of exploration shooting and puzzle solving players advance through interconnected caves encountering various characters and uncovering a rich storyline the focus of on non-linear progression allows for different paths and choices providing a sense of freedom and discovery as quote explorers, he acquires different weapons, each with unique abilities, adding a strategic element to combat. The game's difficulty increases gradually, requiring players to master their weapons and adapt to increasingly complex challenges. Cave Story's charm lies in its pixel art visuals reminiscent of classic games and a captivating soundtrack that, en- uh, that enhances the immersive experience. The engaging gameplay, coupled with a well-crafted narrative, has contributed to the game's enduring popularity and critical acclaim. As for my experience with the game, I, yeah. uh, you know, Chrono uh, sort of recommended this or that we do uh, a show on this. So we didn't mention that uh, in this episode, but uh, I decided to pick it up like yeah, probably a couple months ago now. And yeah. I, I played it on my Steam Deck with that uh, Dukutsu RS mod uh, on it. And it was, I found it really challenging, but also like fun and rewarding. It like it. It was like a good book, you know. I just kept kept going, kept going. I wanted to see what was, you know, what all the fuss was about about this game because there was a lot of praise going around. Um, this time, I wanted to play it again, but using the 3D slash uh, 3DS version of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, I I kind of see what people are talking about. Like it's a lot of work that they did to make all the levels feel three dimensional. Like some of the levels that or some of the areas that you're in they feel um they feel very small and isolated in in the original game but in this one they have like rich backdrops that kind of make it feel more organic so that's that's cool to get a a little bit more art and 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 i don't know substance out of of what you're getting getting there but i think the pixel art has aged a lot better (laughs) sure so i would say you know play the cave story plus with the you know the enhanced graphics i think that's the probably best way you could play right now you know at this time i played through doing the harder track which you know involves skipping some things that would make the game easier like the machine gun at one point which allows you to hover uh 
my hope was I didn't really know what the reward was going through the game. I was just doing the harder track because I had a suspicion that if you did the harder track, you were going to unlock some of the more stronger weapons, which is kind of true, but kind of also makes the rest of the game harder. <laughs> so there, if you know what you're doing, you can actually play the easy route for the most part, but still unlock some of the, uh, the more powerful weapons at the end of the game. Um, so there, there, you know, I, I did get to the point to where I did unlock the true final stage. It's a, it's an area that happens after the final boss and I will never, I will never do it. It's, it's just so ridiculously hard. And, um, you know, it, I, I, I did watch a speed run of it where they actually, you know, did the whole game in about an hour just to <laughs> like doing the hard path and doing the last, um, yeah, it was, it was, you cool gotta be to booking it knowing exactly where you're going. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, lots of little things like damage boosting off of enemies, you know, like, yeah. Um, but wow. you know, the game isn't that long. So I, I, I think I can kind of see how it can be done in an hour, um, with a lot of move optimizations and that sort of thing. And pretty much no dying that's the other part of it yeah you know? so they they beat the game in the amount of time that i was stuck in that last cave <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly Jeez. yeah wow uh, i'll send it your way if you want to see if you want to watch it sometime it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of great but um yeah that's that's kind of my initial thoughts i'm going to talk a lot more about in depth on different things later but all right well um so I picked this up on the switch, like when it came out, cause I, I remember seeing a bunch of praise about it and have seen stuff about the game for a while. I popped it in my switch. It didn't click with me. I took it out of my switch and I haven't touched it since. <laughs> yeah. Um, I gotta say this is impressive that it was like made by one person. Mm -hmm. Like, any any criticisms that I may or may not have, and I and I will have some. Um, just the fact that this was made by a single person is incredibly impressive. Like yeah. that, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't know what to expand on. Like it. It is like I don't think that I could ever make a game this good by myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, let alone in your, free even in time, five years, <laughs> you know, yeah. Five years in your free time. And then what's baffling is they released it for free online. That's what I, I can't, I make. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, open source developer type of mindset. Yeah. I use all kinds of open source tools that are great because yeah. people are just nice. They're like, here, I made this thing. Use it if you like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean that. Yeah, it's it is it is super cool that it was just released for free. That that's probably how it got its like cult status. Yeah, yeah. is that it was free, like first. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really awesome that there are paid versions because it was free for so many people and was free for so long. I am really glad to see that the creator is able to reap some some benefit from what he has created and put out in the world and that so many people love. 
Yeah. And well, I'm going to put a little asterisk on that because yeah. we don't, we don't know the details of everything, but generally, you know, what I was able to gather online without, you know, being too committed ab- about my is, is Nicala seems to be either hogging the profits or may have strong armed, um, the pixel out of the rights of the game. So we have uh, no idea how much royalties he's actually getting. Um, but, but yeah, I, I imagine at least like the 3d version at the very least, since he worked on it, quit his job, he was getting compensated somehow for it. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that happened. So I just want to say that it's not a hundred percent of the profits go to him. I think it's, it's yeah. just, well, no, of course. Um, so yeah, so since I had played it before and it didn't click with me, when I started playing it again for this for the show, it still wasn't clicking with me. Like a lot of the stuff that I was like the memories that I had of like glimpses or like clips or stuff that I'd watched must have been later in the game. <laughs> when it came to like the weapons and other things that were being used cuz I was like this is not the experience I'm having in the beginning. Yeah. I don't know. I think I was also just in a bad mood when I first started playing this game, (laughs) just like in general. Yeah. So it, it, it took, it definitely took a while to grow on me. Um, but the fact that like I got stuck a few times because of not talking to NPCs enough times Mm. were things that like, once I realized that just really pissed me off. (laughs) I was like, so wait a second, I just ran around going everywhere that I could. And because I didn't talk to this NPC three times, that's why I'm stuck. Like, how am I even supposed to know this? Yeah. So there there, there were some decisions like that that I found to be very frustrating and that like I just ended my play session. That was that's better, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because then I, when I was able to come back to it with a fresh pair of eyes, knowing what the next step was, and I wasn't in that moment of frustration, I did get to a point in the game eventually where I was having fun. It just, it took me, took me a while to get there. And some of that's the game and some of that probably more so is me. (laughs) Yeah. And you, you probably... You know, you paid for the game, but if it was a free game that you got online, that might have been more excusable, right? But since it's been repackaged as a paid, you know, thing and you're playing it in 2023, it's a little, little tougher to stomach, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I just... I think it's an interesting design choice. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, like, exactly. I ended up seeing that in a in a in the guide later on when it was like, talk to this, like, and it was like, okay, be sure to talk to this NPC three times. And then after the third time is when this thing will happen. And I'm like, there it is again. Like, why, (laughs) why is that a mechanic? Yeah. Um, really like that's, that's what every, every bit of my anger towards the game hinges on that mechanic. (laughs) (laughs) And, and in subsequent releases, there are some quality of life things that are are kind of nice, but we can probably talk about that when we do levels. Sure. Um, but yeah. Um, so aside from that bit of frustration, I did end up getting to a place where it's like, oh, the game's fun. I can like 
I, I have the machine gun and I can use it to kind of boost myself up into the air and get to other places. And then when I got the like boost 2.0 thing or the boots or I don't know, whatever, whatever it's called where I could zip around. Oh man, that was like, I can go anywhere like this. All of a sudden everything opened up. Um, so yeah, that, that like that type of world traversal was super fun for me. And I really did enjoy the way that that felt. And now that I've beat this game, I'm glad I never have to play it again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing is like, once I finished it too, I thought that I would never play it again, but then I found myself playing it again. Um, you know, so it it might, it might grow on you. I, I don't know. Um, so do we want to want to do some things with music? Yeah, you ready for that? Yeah, I just want to reiterate too, you know, this this game again, music, art, animation, everything was created by Pixel, right? So um so this music is really good in this game, but just again, this is something that one guy came up with. Yeah. Um more, you know, more impressive i guess is it's not a complete sentence but <laughs> so so then you listened when you played the original version of the soundtrack correct yeah i think i think i saw a tip like just to switch it to the original soundtrack so um so what we're going to hear now i believe is the original soundtrack now the 3ds yeah. version um i didn't notice really any difference but it could have been different for for all i know yeah, so in Cave Story Plus on the Nintendo Switch, I did not make any changes. I played whatever was chosen for me, which I believe is not the original soundtrack. As as I was, as you and I were listening to some of this before we started recording, I was like, "This kind of sounds familiar, but not exactly." Mm-hmm. Um, I like this better. Um, I'm just throwing that out there for everybody. I I think the original version of the soundtrack is from what little bit. I've heard of it as a direct comparison to the one in cave story. Plus I like it more. I think it's better. All right. So, uh, do you want to start with the, the, the title track cave yeah, story, the title track slash plantation. Cause this is, this is the only track that's sort of reused. Like that's not true. It's, it's reused in two very different places, but this is sort of like what a lot of people think is like the main theme of the game. So, Without further ado. All right. Well, this is Cave Story from Cave Story.
was Cave Story from Cave Story. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good track. I think it gives you a lot of samples of like kind of what you might hear in this game. Um, but this is this that's probably the song that sticks in my head the most when I think about this game. <laughs> nice. Um, so and 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 I forgot to sort of mention as you play these, um, they the most of these loop about the first half, like within a, like the first minute or something. So just be ready when you get to the halfway point. I'm I'm cool with it only playing through once. So. Okay. I mean, I usually have it go for a minute ish. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, cool. Uh. Then what do we got next? A much chiller uh uh sort of track. The first time you uh, visit Mimiga Town, which is uh, sort of where you're introduced to a lot of the main characters right at the beginning of the game. It's sort of kicks off the first act after you get out of that tutorial level. Um. Pretty chill track. So. Go ahead and take it away. All right. This is Mimiga Town from Cave Story. town cave story yeah it kind of makes you feel um kind of at home but also like it does sound like a pretty somber uh song because as when you're playing in the game things are not all well in mamiga town right yeah it's kind of like a shell of what it once was um so uh as we listen to the next track here uh on to grass town a lot of the like particularly the earlier levels i really like how the tracks build how they just sort of like layer on top of layer they they sort of have the style where it really kicks in about 20 30 seconds in so anyway just look out for that on uh on to grass town aka the uh, bushlands all right let's get on to grass town
there was on to Grass Town. Man, the original soundtrack is so much better. Uh, yeah. See, you're going to have to play it again. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you. No, yeah. I think I'm all right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just listen to the soundtrack sometime. Uh, maybe when you're working or whatever, give it a good shot. Yeah, this is definitely like, um, I, I was going to say it with the second track that we played too, but man, I don't know. I don't know what's up with the version that I listened to because like, yeah. Now that I'm hearing this, like I'm remembering kind of, but I'm like, I just, I don't know. There's something about the, something about the vibe that's different and I like it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're uh, enjoying it. Uh, you know, even if you get to hear it for the first time right now. Yeah. Um, this next track is uh, played during the outer wall. It's called Moon Song. Um, I really just liked this level. Uh, it really reminded me of something from Klonoa. You know, as you're kind of ascending to the stars, uh, I'm going to clear my voice. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> oh, that didn't work first time. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, anyway, just it, it kind of just gets a little more whimsical, another really chill track. Um, anyway, just I guess take it away. Moon song. Moon song. That was a perfect uh, fade out right there too. You got it right at the end of the loop there. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's kind of you know a somber sort of uh, tone in the uh, uh, game because you kind of found out that sort of all hope is lost and a lot of this game in the story, you know. So sorry, spoilers. Uh, it's a lot of the ma- the heroes sort of losing. You know, like it's, it's like you're trying to fix things, but it's like the battle's kind of already won and you're just a day late dollar short. And you sort of found out the doctor has everything that he needs. And, um, you're even offered, uh, to, uh, to leave the Island, get sort of the bad ending. Like, Hey, uh, was you could escape? Yeah. Kazuma's asking like, Hey, you want to get out of here? Cause (laughs) it's not going to be good. I gotta, I had saved right before that. And I considered saying yes, just to see what it looked like, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I def my first playthrough. I'm like, okay, this, this isn't good, but I'm on, I want to see what happens. So I do. It's just a very short credit scene. It just shows you, um, just like peace flying away. Yeah. Flying away and saying, see everybody. Good luck. 
basically giving you the story sort of what happens is you and Kaizuma go live in the mountains, you know, out of the doctor's reach, but the doctor has sort of consumed the world and, and you just, you know, live out your days in solitude. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's depressing. Yeah, it is. It is. So it's like you, of... you ran off and hid and you survived. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Kaizuma and, and, characters uh but we got one more song that i selected and this is one i didn't hear in my playthrough because you can only get this song if you finish the get like the true ending you get the best ending oh yeah i haven't i've never heard this then yeah it's it's uh it's really good i mean the the normal credit song is good um but i think i like this one just a little bit more okay well this is the way back home that one's still technically going but <laughs> yeah i think it's actually going to loop right there so oh no that was, that was, no that was perfect i think yeah okay, okay. So, <laughs> good enough for me um so yeah that one i think uh i was i was gonna try and earlier me was gonna try and warn you about that one that it kind of just goes the whole length <laughs> instead of looping so yeah that's a it's a happy song it's like one of the few happier songs in the game because like i said it's uh, it's It's like you did it it's pretty it's pretty somber um anything else you want to say on the music and then we can talk about characters and i mean now that i'm listening to this version of the music i like it more because i know that you originally tried to like ask me what i thought about the music and i was just like man it's okay i guess (laughs) Um, (laughs) like I really, like, I hadn't been paying attention to the music. Like it didn't, it didn't stand out enough. And honestly, some of it felt kind of annoying. Mm, Sure. Yeah. But it was in, it was in the, the, the cave story plus like remake, whatever, or the, whatever version of the soundtrack I listened to that wasn't the original. I did not like it. Some of the tracks, you know, wore on me a little bit. There's one that's called Meltdown 2, which is what plays during the sand, uh, the was it the sand zone or whatever that you play. And I also was stuck there for a while and I got kind of tired of that song. So I was going to select it here, but I was like, eh, I don't actually don't like this one as much. Yeah, I don't. 
I'm sure if I heard it, I would remember it, but I don't remember what the music yeah. is in the the last cave or the yeah, oh, which, sure. whatever yeah. cave that I was in. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it would give me like PTSD hearing it. <laughs> anyway. Um, so you want to talk about characters? Sure. What do, we, what do we got? Yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit about symbolism with the plot too, as it goes. And, and all, all these, um, some of these ideas I'm putting out are, are, I watched this YouTube video by a YouTuber named probably Jacob, which was a cave story review. Okay. I recommend you go watch his video because he, he really does a good job kind of talking about the plot. Um, but first off you have your main character, uh, which a lot of these names are a little strange. Uh, and I don't know if it's it has something to do with the translation, uh, but I wonder if it was just it. like the placeholder for the character names. Maybe he was using <laughs> like, like quotation marks yeah, and curly brace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and when, he's a programmer. Yeah. yeah. When you talk about quote and curly yeah. brace, yeah, those are like symbols, right? So, so yeah, quote the main character. Um, it's, one of the reasons I kind of like this game is a story about androids. They're robots, right? So, um, so quote and curly brace, uh, both sort of lost their memories and are, uh, in this place. And a lot of, a lot of, uh, it, it sort of alluded to that there was a great war that involved robots coming to, uh, warring with the Mimiga, which are these little rabbit people. Yeah. That um, was like 10 years prior or something. Yeah. So the implication is that quote and curly brace were part of that, but really they were sort of a, from what I understand, a part of a special task force set to sort of destroy what was going on at the island, not to attack the Mamiga. But anyway, uh, curly brace uh, is another, again another another android. Uh, have a few run-ins through throughout the game, and her story is really uh, sort of intertwined with the harder plot to get the best ending and she's kind of uh, sort of the character that embodies that uh, the most uh, basically that that sort of playthrough um, you have to she sacrifices herself at one point to sort of save you when um, when the after the core fight and the yeah. chamber floods which was like really emotional just to like leave her there to die but I really liked um, the, the hard path where you get a chance to save her and I think you were asking a little bit about that. Like you had no way to save her. And well, yeah. Cause I, well, you, you found the tow rope. Basically. Yeah. And I had her with me and then it was like, she died and then like it left her or something. Like I didn't know what to do. It was like, yeah. okay, well that sucks. Yeah. It's, it's tricky because I think what happened is you, you brought her to the house where you put her on the bed. Right. Um, you have to you have to go over oh let's see the trick is you have to go over to this library and you have to talk interact with this computer and it sends you over the bookshelf and it teaches you how to remove water from waterlogged robots and then you got to go back to her and pick her back up put her back on your back after that and then head back down that's the only way to save her you have to do all these things in a row um and it just comes from either experiencing the game or following a guide like i did um yeah, I never would have guessed that that would have been a thing I could have done. <laughs> yeah. So again, her character sort of embodies the the hard um, the hard path. Actually, finishing uh, not just beating the uh, 
the the main threat, but also beating the source of evil that actually caused the island to be the way that it is. Um, our next character we have is Sue, uh, who's actually a human character that was transformed into a Mamiga, into a little uh, bunny rabbit. Um, and uh, she's Kaizuma's brother, which is our our next character. So Sue sort of embodies the, the normal ending because she's sort of brave and doesn't want to give up the fight. Um, you interact with her a little bit for the final fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then uh, her brother Kaizuma, the one who wants to flee and says, ah, it's a hell with my sister. I'm going to leave her here. All hope is lost. <laughs> uh, he's sort of the cowardice. He's kind of associated with the bad ending. Right. So, um, another character here, kind of a more minor character you meet towards the end, Mamoran Sakamoto. It's the mother of Sue and Kaizuma. Mm. Um, they both, all of them came to the island together um, with uh, Professor Booster, another character. Here he gives you a couple cool items. He's the one who gives you the booster, which I didn't really put that together until this playthrough. The, the booster is his invention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it makes it easy to remember. And then you have uh, 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 Ito, or Ito, if you want to uh, pronounce it that way. Uh, also a Mamiga character, another sort of uh, assistant of... Uh, Mamoran Sakamoto, but uh, was also transformed uh, into a Mamiga. So he more cowardly kind of hides. Yeah. Uh, one of the first characters you meet in the gang, uh, King, uh, he's a, what we'll call natural Mamiga. That's <laughs> from the start. Uh, he's the leader of the Mamiga village. Uh, kind of meets his death at some point, uh, trying to, uh, you know, sort of save, uh, uh, Toroko, so which is another Mamiga character you meet uh, again, first interaction. Uh, she's sort of the sad thing is that the professor is, uh, which the doctor, I should say, um, he's using these red flowers to to uh, try and turn the Mamiga into a weapon. Yeah, uh, some people like online have heard this a few times, have compared it to like the nuclear option, <laughs> you know, with they they have uh, a weapon that they don't want to use because it turns them into mindless killers uh that sort of thing um the doctor uh i mean there's a couple more characters here but i'll uh skip it over just sure yeah doctor he he sort of uh came to the island for doing research with uh the sakamoto's and uh company as well but he had other motives. He was looking for this helm that he sort of puts on that gives him ultimate power. So he's just really like evil, <laughs> wants to take over the world using the Mamiga and the, the power. Um, he has a couple assistants, Balrog Misery, um, who you have various encounters with in the game. A uh, couple boss fights with Balrog and yeah. one Misery eventually. She, she really is Misery. She makes things difficult. <clears throat> so Aptly named. Yeah. The the last two characters that you you, you meet kind of uh Jenka is uh one of the older she's a, they call her a witch here, um, and mother of misery. Um she was uh, apparently it says here once powerful being on the island. Um so she's been here a while, but uh you interact with her a little bit in the sand zone, uh but Really, she's more tied to uh, again the hard ending. Is Wait, her, is that the person brother. with the puppies? Yeah, that's the one with the puppies. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. She's a puppy lady. Ah, uh, a puppy lady. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stupid puppies. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> in one of the enhanced versions, I don't know if, if it's in your version and you have to say like the enhanced mode or if you have to, not classic mode or something like that. Oh, maybe I did classic mode or something. Yeah. Um, you can actually take multiple dogs with you uh, so you don't have to backtrack so much. Well, I um, didn't, it, the, the backtracking wasn't an issue. I, yeah. the picking up one at a time wasn't an issue. Yeah. It was the, I'm in a room that I talked to all the NPCs and there's a dog in the next room and it won't let me pick up that dog until you've talked to. Curly and then I had to go, Talk to it. No, I had to talk to a random and was it Curly Brace? I thought so. I thought she was maybe, maybe it was an, maybe it was Santa. Um, I don't know. To me, it was just some random NPC that I had to end up talking to again or something. Okay. That was like, oh, now I can pick up that dog all of a sudden because now they told me I could pick up the dog. I knew that I needed to pick up the dog. (laughs) And that was technically the first one that I came across. Yeah. So I had already gone and, and, and anyway, and I, to make, to make matters worse, when I looked up, <laughs> when I looked up the, uh, walkthrough and it was talking about cave story, just the first one, not plus, because apparently there's a different dog location in the original cave story. I've so heard that. I went mm-hmm. to that location and I'm like, there's no dog here. Like <laughs> I just watched the video. There's no dog here. Yeah. What is the deal? Where is the fifth dog? So anyway um yeah so the thing about jenka is she's sort of powerful because she's guarding where the red flower seeds are um from the doctor and hiding Um, five puppies from the doctor yeah yeah she doesn't want to give the keys to the red flowers (laughs) to anybody i don't know this part of the story is a little funny but there's sort of this mad dash to get to the seeds before the doctor does yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, if you're going after the seeds, aren't you just going to pave the way for the doctor to follow you in? And that's kind of what happens, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, so Jenka's uh, guarding that. And then again, associated with the true ending, the final, final boss is Balos, which is uh, Jenka's brother. Uh, so he's sort of taken over. He's sort of the true evil behind the island, it says here. Um I don't know a lot about him again because I didn't get to hear his story. I would, um, I w- he has kind of an interesting story of like a tortured past and something like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I encourage you to look it up because and not play that part of the game because it looks incredibly hard. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible. I tried it a couple of times. I was like, no, <laughs> I'm like, this is supposed to be the easy part and I can't be- get past it. So, no, thanks. I don't want to. And that I don't know when else I would mention this, but this game has like no, there's no checkpoint system. There are only save points. Right? Yes. So yes, any, it, is, it, it is like a Metroidvania in that respect. Yeah. Anything you do past that save point is erased as soon as you die. So yes. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes there's a long time between <laughs> where you are and where you need to go to get to the next save point. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I I think they do a pretty good job. I think it, over, yeah, it's overall. it's not it's definitely not bad overall. It was yeah. only problematic for me in one in one situation. Okay, okay. It's that last cave. Oh, the last cave. There you go. <laughs> I was, was gonna. That say, was oh. the problematic part where I'm like, oh come on. 
Yeah. Again. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 hard. We, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it in levels, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm looking at the enemies here, just kind of seeing there's there's kind of a lot of Yeah, enemies. there's there's a ton. I definitely don't want to go through all of them. I just was trying to see are there are there any standouts to you? Any that were fun, especially frustrating or otherwise? Yeah. I mean, you, those sand crocs, man. Those those things are oh, tricky. To, I, hate I just those. think it's I think it's <laughs> hilarious yeah, because, like, I found that if you know that they're going to be there, if you just jump, do a short jump immediately when you land, you'll just land right on top of their mouth. Oh, <laughs> um, I didn't even know. I didn't know that you could stand on them. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, that's the thing. Is in this game, it doesn't do a good job of it, but you can stand on a lot of enemies, um, and I've seen. Uh, the speedrunners abuse that a little bit too, like using some of the beetles that fly to like carry them during a cutscene to like get them oh. further along. So anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, the sand crocs, I think it's hilarious because it's like, they'll put them on this platform and there's just like a little bit of sand on it. And then somehow this big, you know, you yeah. only ever see the head, this giant yeah. head come up and snap. And it's just like, where's the it's body? Like, yeah. That's like, <laughs> it's coming out of nothing. Is there, is there a portal gun around and they're just going through the portal? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know there. You'll, you'll see a lot of like, variations of some of the the ones like this these sort of they call them power critters they're like little blobs that like they jump and they fly and sometimes they shoot things at you um a lot of flying things like those darn crows they look like parrots they look like green parrots that fly around in that oh sand yeah man uh, there's a bunch right in like a little spot that you have to get through and they're yeah. annoying yes um and uh there's I, I really like how the crows kind of um uh, interacted with like the skull heads though because they would carry them yeah and if you shot the crow only and dropped the skull head the skull head would kind of interact on its own and just like come yeah. running after you but if you kill the skull head then the crow flies at you so i thought that was kind of a an interesting like you know make a choice um of what's going to happen um. Hmm. Well, I guess one thing to mention about the enemies, similar to like games like Metroid, when you when you like eliminate an enemy on the screen, there is a chance that they will have a health or ammo, uh, in the form of missiles for you, or also these little items that will drop so that you can upgrade your weapon level. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting mechanic, isn't it? Yeah, so there there's some incentive to hang out in different areas or like every time you go into a door and then come back to an area, all enemies have respawned. So that that was a way that sometimes I would farm some of the easy enemies so that I could upgrade my weapon or I could try to like kill enough enemies so that they would drop hearts for health. So Um, yeah, so that, that's, that is also a, a Metroidvania type of mechanic that exists in this game. Yeah. I thought it was kind of unique though, with the experience points that your weapons get stronger as you, as you collect the little, 
Yeah, and that they will also downgrade the more damage you take without collecting more things to upgrade your weapons. It's sort of incentive to not take damage, you know? Um, Yeah. Extra As if you didn't already have incentive to not take damage. Yeah. It's like, oh, and if you take damage, then then your weapons are less effective. Isn't that great? And almost everyone, like I found online, those little yellow triangle experience points, everyone calls them Doritos. <laughs> everyone just calls them. Oh, that makes sense. They're like 3D yeah. Doritos. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. They just sort of bounce around. Um, so I, I, yeah, that I don't have a lot. I mean, you fight some Amiga, like the Ravel and and Igor, <laughs> the the. So oh, yeah, like right at the end, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It, it says here that you you know you actually fight Igor as a boss fight uh, because it's sort of attacking Sue when you meet Sue in the in the egg um, egg corridor. I think it's okay. what the, but uh, it says here Igor returns on the balcony as a regular opponent. So it's like yeah, he, those are the only two places he really appears. But Big Mamiga shoots um, energy balls out of its mouth. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. It it wasn't too much of a problem the second time I came across him yeah. because I was using the sword. Yeah, yeah. And it was fully upgraded, so I was just kind of like spamming it at him, and I was just like, "Don't care, don't care that you're trying to vomit a bunch of stuff on me." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, should you know talking about that? Do we want to talk about some weapons? Sure. Um, just because you know enemies, there there's kind of a lot of them, but you know a, a lot of them there there are basically targets. Um, yes. <laughs> at the end of the day, they're all they're they're really cute. ways to to get more hearts and the ability to upgrade your weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what they're there for, mm-hmm. and to annoy you. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So uh, weapons. You start. You start with the polar star, right? Polar Star, yeah. And the reason I was calling it the Pole Star is I believe in the Dokutsu RS uh, mod I was playing, it's, it is labeled the Pole Star again because oh, yeah. the translation thing. So anyway, that's why you, you might hear me say Pole Star or Polar Star. Well, I think, I think even when I was reading about stuff, um, like in a guide, I think I've seen it referred to as the Pole Star. So. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, basic weapon, right? Yeah. So yeah, basic weapon, single shot, um, obviously could be upgraded. Everything goes to uh level three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. With varying effects, generally the weapons get stronger, like the polar star shoots a larger beam and shoots farther. Um, yeah. It's looks like it's quad damage compared to the quad the damage. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Um, you got the missile launcher, right? Um, shoots a bigger missile at level two and then shoots uh, several missiles at level three. Um, so 24 total damage, man. That I, I can see why the, you know, you're really encouraged to hang on to level three as long as you can because you just do so much more. Like yeah. it's a multiplier, really. Yes. The fireball, yeah. I was say the fireball. Did you use that that much? You know, I I did in certain. It, it was very situational for me. It, and it yeah, same. Is always like again. I think the game even tells you like great for shooting downhill. Like if there was ever an enemy that wasn't 
level yeah. to me somehow upwards or downwards on a on a sloping hill just fire that thing and um does does a lot a uh, lot a lot of damage pretty quick i did not see this next weapon yeah so this one's a little bit tricky uh you to to get it um you have to take the you have to take jellyfish juice back to the assembly hall in Mumiga Town. You have to use the teleporter to get back. So it's kind of like a sort of sequence breaking or linear breaking path. Um, but this is a cool little weapon. It, it it's interesting because at level one, it's basically useless. It kind of shoots like it's like using a bubble gun, like in real life. It just like does almost nothing. But if you get it to level two, it does a little bit more damage and shoots farther. But level three, it will create a force field around you. And then once it gets to a certain amount of bubbles around you, it starts shooting at a high rate. And this is really handy for situations like you mentioned earlier with the crows where there's lots of crows. Oh, yeah. You can just jump into them with all these bubbles around you and it'll just tank the damage. So it's Oh, that's cool doesn't work on everything you know but it for a lot of projectiles it can protect you and prevent you from taking damage uh so it's a it's again really strong at level three as soon as it gets knocked down you just like you might as well switch weapons because uh it's not gonna help you um, but i used it a lot <laughs> definitely a lot in this game uh in my playthrough and then uh machine gun you're probably a little bit more versed on this one yeah it, it's fun when you get it to level three because then you can use it to boost yourself in the air um mm -hmm. it's got so much recoil that you can jump and then aim down and just start shooting and you start start lifting up into the air yeah um so it's it's a way to have a better time traversing the world earlier in the game um and it's it's interesting the way that this this comes up also. It's like you you get this from Curly, but like they just ask you, "Hey, do you want this?" And you don't know what the outcome is, like what's going to happen. Like I didn't know that I was going to be giving away my other gun. Yeah, yeah. When I said yes. And I'm I'm still fine that that happened. Um for the playthrough that I had, because I, I did really enjoy the benefit of the uh, like added ability to traverse um, and also just be a little bit safer in general. Yeah. Um, using the machine gun, but yeah, there there's, yeah, it, it's, there are things that you have no idea that you're making a very specific choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so exactly. Like, you're like, heck yeah, I want a machine gun. Of course, give it to me. Um, but yeah, there, there. Yeah, I just feel like there's so many, so many times in this in this game that you don't understand the ramification of the choice you're making. Yeah, it, my first playthrough when I I did take the machine gun because I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I I think I did. It was a little clearer to me that I was trading, but I was like, that sounds better than what I have. Um, yeah, you know, she might even say that you're trading it, but it's like, okay, like cool, but yeah not knowing that there are potentially advantages to keeping the polar star so that it can be either what upgraded or traded for something else later. Yeah. So there's a couple things that what's, what's interesting is there are 
there's more than one path, right? Um, because if you um, if you don't trade it, you hang on to it. When you get to the labyrinth, you have the opportunity to get the snake, which is a, a gun that I didn't use, um, but I understand it has some sort of projectile that you can control. But you have to trade both the polar star and your uh, the fireball to get it. So that's okay. that's another. Um, thing but the 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 big thing is if you can hang on to the polar star until towards the end of the game when you get to about the plantation it's actually really um really funny is you can get the spur and the way you get that is you actually go back to the original cave where you got it where there was a guy sleeping and he's all miffed because someone stole his gun and you show it to him and he's like huh he's like you know i i I don't like making weapons for other people, but it looks like you've gotten a lot of use out of this. He says, so you know what? Take this. And he gives you the spur, which is, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit. Okay. Um, but before we go too far, the blade. Yeah. King gives it to you as a memento after you defeat enraged Tokoro. So yeah. I used the heck out of this thing. Mm-hmm. Like this like the blade and the machine gun were my go-tos unless I had enemies that were really far or certain bosses that didn't, that it didn't feel like I was as effective using other weapons than I would use the, um, what is it? The missile launcher. But really it was the blade and the machine gun that I, I used very heavily and pretty much like, I think I used the blade like 75% of the time after I got it. Yeah. Like it's, it's strong. Um, it, it's kind of, uh, interesting because I've seen a lot of people, they prefer level two of the blade because, um, level three is like crowd control because it, uh, summons yeah. like King's soul and it does a bunch of attacks, but you can't fire it very quickly. Whereas, um, at level two, you can use it to just like melt bosses. Yeah. I mean one and two, it was, uh, like it's, strong. yeah, it's pretty strong. Uh, let's see. It's it says here throws a larger sword which has shorter range but deals eighteen damage, whereas as opposed to fifteen. Um, yeah, but you have medium range at yeah. level one. So like going through that, um, the the last cave. That that really helped. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, so yeah, the the snake. This is the only weapon I haven't tried. Um, so. Uh, You've traded the fireball at the labyrinth. Um, and that's the thing that, you know, you're not just trading. Everything you trade also hinges on the shopkeeper in the labyrinth also. So you can do multiple trades with um, the, the shopkeeper depending on what you have. Um, I think if you don't, if you have the machine gun, uh, he gives you something that um enhances the machine gun i forget what it is it maybe it's like your what your ammo recharges faster oh yeah the turbocharger turbocharge yeah I, is that what it is it gets yeah. ammo faster okay yeah yeah okay, i couldn't i remember. mean so yeah it it and it i feel like it it lowers the rate <sighs> or what is it yeah, whatever. It recharges faster. And I feel like also it doesn't consume the ammo as fast somehow, or it doesn't like overheat as fast. I don't know. I see. Okay. Something okay. like that. Yeah. Um, 
And then, okay, so finally we talked about the spur. The handy thing about this is it doesn't take experience, right? And basically it's the level one. So basically is just, it. Um, it's the Polar Star level three. So you always have that, <laughs> which is nice. But then if you hold it um, down, what happens is it charges and that's how it gains levels. Uh, so it doesn't actually gain experience like yeah you don't totally you, you don't have to get those doritos you don't have to get the doritos you hold it a level two it shoots um a long like dual set of beams so it it does a, a higher damage um but you can shoot like across the screen there's like no out of range um but if you charge it up to um i'm sorry level two is a thin laser level three is a is two lasers deals 50 damage but if you hold it Good for, God. if you hold it for like, you know, it takes like three seconds, but it's a powerful shot. It it has a wide angle laser that shoots through enemies, yeah. destroying a lot of them. Can deal up to a hundred damage. I saw a video of that, and I was like, "That's hacks, man." Yeah, I mean, there is for the final boss at the core. I mean, I was just when I would charge that thing all the way up and the core would open and I would shoot it, it would take off like a 10th of its health. Just boom. Like, so I, I only had to hit it Ugh. maybe not 10 times, maybe a little bit more than that. Like it was like a, six that or seven fight took times. a long time for me. I was yeah. chipping away at it with like my level two machine gun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it was really nice because I didn't have to wait for the core to be in range. It could be very far yeah. away and I'm still doing massive damage. So that was cool. Yeah. I was out of missiles. I had to get close. Now, the last thing, if you have the spur and you go back to the shopkeeper, he gives you um, an, an item. Um, basically, it gets you... Uh, um, if you trade in with the shopkeeper, he gives you something like it's called like Northern star or something like that. This item so that whenever you shoot, when you do the full charge, the max charge on the spur, it spawns a star that sort of like revolves around you. And it does like one damage to things that it hits. So after you've done that a few times, you got four or five of these around you. It's just really kind of helps with projectiles and things around you. It's just a, a kind of a light force field. That's cool. Um, kind of a neat little thing. Um. Oh, okay. It says here you can you can get there using the 0.8 booster, but it, it's a lot easier with the 0.2 or the 2.0. Excuse me. Um, which I guess we haven't really talked about. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, super missile launcher, basically just like a charged up, stronger version of the missile launcher. Um, you get it a little after the labyrinth uh, or part in the labyrinth. Um, now the last one I want to talk about is Nemesis. I actually got this one. You have to, you, you have to do a side quest towards the end of the game. Um, I did it somewhere around the plantation before going to the final maze, but this is called the Nemesis. And this is a funny weapon because it takes, um, this is the one exception that you absolutely do not want to level it up <laughs> because it at level three, it does no damage. And the funny thing is, is that it only takes like one experience point to get you to the next level. So if you clicked one of those big Doritos, it gets you right to level three. So you want to take damage to bring it down. But it's kind of nice just to keep it level one and you're fighting a boss and you don't have Doritos flying at you all the time just to like mash and melt them because um, it uh, it doesn't, I don't know if it tells me how much damage. It yeah, does, it doesn't say. 
it's pretty strong. Um, so anyway, it's just kind of a, an in- interesting weapon, <laughs> the nemesis. Oh, the Doritos. Um, the Doritos, exactly. Uh, how are we doing here? We're going to talk about levels a little bit. Sure. Trying to keep the pace going um, since there's kind of a lot to talk about. We're in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, I kind of kind of talked a little bit about the levels. Um, do you have any like favorite moments or or things that are you, you found kind of interesting about the the levels? My favorite moment is now that all of these are done. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> really, it's just because of that last cave that I keep mentioning. Um, yeah. And this the stupid dog lady. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I would need to click on something. Actually, like the egg corridor felt very Mega Man to me. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. Oh, sure, it looks kind of Mega Man. Um, um, let's see, Grass Town. What did that did, one look like? Oh, there's no pictures. About- there's no pictures when I click on this. Yeah, crap. Yeah. I don't remember what Grass Town looks like. Yeah, Grass Town. Um, and I've got a pretty good memory at this point, but like Grass Towns, where you have to deal with the jellyfish, and you're kind of going through the rolling hills. You okay. save Kazuma, who's um, locked in the in the building, so you have to make the yep. bomb. Oh yeah, that was also a thing that I needed to watch a video for because I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, <laughs> how, um, like I'm talking to this person through this crack in the wall, and they need to get out. Like, how do I? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And this is kind of interesting. Again, I don't know where to bring this up when it comes to the plot, but something I didn't notice that I uh, watched from uh, Jacob's video uh, about the game. Um, The story is kind of like, has subtle notes of, quote, the character who's this robot lost its memories becoming more human, right? And one of the earlier examples, when you go to Egg Corridor, you uh, save Sue, uh, is is one of the things that sort of happens. So that's kind of like a humanitarian thing to do, not not so a uh, robot. In Grass Town, there's a situation where there's a robot that wants to attack you, but Balrog smashes it, and uh, you have the option to basically like this this robot's crushed. Like you actually help it up, you pull it up, and yeah, um, and then the robot helps you. Like I'm only really good at making bombs, so and then helps you make a bomb so yeah. it's kind of like the rope the uh, quote is like learning compassion and doing nice things you know and, and gets nicer and nicer as the game goes on and eventually is you know fighting to save the island so i wanted to bring a big corridor since yeah. you mentioned it also that's kind of one of the few areas that you visit twice and it's radically changes the second time. oh yeah that's right yeah, so that's where sort of all the the uh, dragon eggs are kept, and where Kaizuma and Sue are are trying to actually escape from the island by hatching these dragons and flying on their backs. But um, what I didn't notice, or what was pointed out to me in the guide, was that you have when you come, there's a lot of zombie dragons, and basically what the guide chalked it up to is it looks like some of the dragons got into those red flowers because they're like, you know, violent and mean and attacking you. Um, so, but they also call them zombie dragons. So I don't, I don't know. Um, talked a little bit about outer wall. 
labyrinth you're sort of sent there after uh your fight with uh oh yeah that's right and that's when you see curly again right yes like down at the bottom of the pit yeah and that was my moment where i got a little frustrated too because you have to get some medicine for curly who's in a infirmary kind of area yeah um and and uh basically uh you have to like kind of talk to her a little bit, but you have to like leave and come back a couple of times. Oh yeah. Because she helps you move this boulder. And it was one of those things where I got all the way to the boulder and she wasn't there. So I had to come all the way back to like trigger the, talk to the right NPC to get her to move. Yeah. <laughs> Basically I just like kept coming in and out and talking to people until she left. Um, then I knew, I knew where she'd be, but it was kind of a cool scene after your fight with uh, Toriko, which is really sad because you see one of your friends, you know, get turned into a monster that you have to fight and then it kills her and King dies there. So it's like, feels terrible, but you're sent to the labyrinth right after. And you have this, like, I was reminded of what is it? Like, um, that, that second Batman movie, um, or was it the third one? Not the the one after Dark Knight, the one with Bane and all that. Uh, Dark Knight Rises is that one? The one? Maybe there's a <laughs> there's a scene where basically like Batman and I guess Bane before him, they have to climb out of this pit and no one oh, can yeah. do it. And it's kind of what happens is you're put in this pit and you have to sort of climb your way out or platform your way out. Oh yeah. Or, great if you have a machine gun if you don't it's kind of kind of difficult <laughs> it's, uh it didn't take me too many tries i but. did not have a level three machine gun at the time oh uh, okay but so I, I mean away. yeah it, see I, that was the stuff about the game that like i was just like oh okay now it's being like a difficult platformer <laughs> yeah 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 it's it, it exactly it's um but but I didn't find that part. I I thought that I did enjoy that challenge of of that as well. So I'm not. Yeah, I mean sorry the the platforming that. stuff wasn't wasn't crazy hard until yeah. the last cave when <laughs> last when cave. I had the boost 2.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you have the boost 2.0 and you go to the last cave, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, and the, it's it's a little tricky because you um they the platforming around there is designed around needing the booster. Um, yeah, but again, you should check out that, that final, final cave, because there are situations where you can't touch the ground. You need to preserve your boost for a while, making S turns and things like that. And it's, um, it looks terrible. It's, (laughs) you didn't even want to attempt it. Yeah. I mean, there still were places in that last cave that I, I remember it well, because I was on that level for a little, like, or uh, roughly an hour. Um, I think a little more than an hour, but you know, when you have to like drop down and then start boosting over to the side and up and then a little bit over a ledge so that you don't fall. <laughs> yeah. I, or, or like, or is, yeah. So you don't fall back in and then take damage because there's nothing on the ground. You're just like jumping in and having to boot. Like anyway, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard, but I ended up getting really good at some of that. Yeah. In the totally. hour that I was playing that, like, what, almost 10 minute level, but not quite. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about that level is that eventually. 
and that's but but it's only 10 minutes if you get all the way to the end and there were yeah. a lot of times that i didn't or i just would start taking damage at a certain point then i just yeah. stand there until i died because i'm like nope i've took too, i've taken too much damage now <laughs> yeah yeah um it, but at that point too it's like it you know the key most of the level isn't really the hard part it's the end you know getting through all those the thwomps i'm calling them you know like well yeah i mean it is that but it but it is also like you're forced to get proficient <laughs> with the boost 2.0 yeah like yeah. there there is there is no option it's yeah. just you're going to be good at this or you're not going to complete this game yeah. And the the thing that annoyed me about the controls and I didn't notice this the first time I played, like it didn't bother me, but whenever you boost and you're not pointing a direction, you go up. And for for me that ah, that was a little that was a little tricky at times because there were situations where I wanted to boost forward, but I would boost up instead. And um Again, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the issue was this time, or what I was struggling with hmm. the controls, or maybe it was just a harder cave, <laughs> probably because yeah. I did the easy cave last time and I, I didn't notice that. So, um, I think that's really kind of all I got on levels. So we kind of talked about some yeah. things. Maybe we can gloss through some bosses that we, you know, um, face. We don't have to read them all off, as into uh, I think because Balrog is most of them. Balrog, yeah, especially this this other character that's in the labyrinth, Pooh Black, also is basically Balrog, but yeah. with a palette swap. Um, um, I wanted to get your opinion yeah. on uh, Ironhead. There's this is when you're in the water Ironhead. fighting, um, and it kind of turns into a a, a a like a horizontal. Oh shot. my god, that was the best part of the game. Hey. It was my favorite part of the game. <laughs> I was like, oh man, it's a shmup. This is great. Can this just be the game? The rest yeah. of it? So that was that was my point when I said, you know, I think you'll like this game because of parts <laughs> like that. Because know? there was like 60 seconds of of shmup. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's part of it, you know. Um, plus the pixel art and and the and the music and that sort of stuff. I really I feel like I really like screwed up my experience with not using the original version of the soundtrack. Oh uh, yeah. It's okay. You just play it again. No big deal. <laughs> um, just play it again. <laughs> play it again, Sam. Yeah. That's your leisure, you know? Totally. <laughs> Cause this was leisurely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, uh, I did really enjoy that part. I, I thought that was like, that was that was my favorite boss encounter or mini boss encounter of this game. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, did we want to talk about any of the stuff with um, final boss? Like it's kind of a, it's almost a boss rush, but you've not faced really any of those bosses before. Right. I mean, you've, you've come across the core before, yes. But it's the undead core that you fight is not the same. Yeah, it's a um, little different. Right? It, is, it is different, and I feel like it's an easier fight, which I did appreciate. Yeah. Okay. So you do have, you do have three bosses technically, like to to get through, 
And then even the last, you know, the undead core does have a couple minions with them um, to help make it more interesting. But, you know, if you do what you recommended to me and take them out first, it really didn't feel like that difficult of an encounter mm-hmm. once you focused on them. And it also felt easy while, while focusing on them. The number of enemies that were coming out and the amount of items that they were just spewing out and like hearts it made it like, like I didn't have to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right at that spot. So that that's, that's also like what makes me feel like that final of the three bosses, um, including the two minions makes it like, feel like the victory lap, so to speak, where it's like the, the two iterations of the doctor mm-hmm. and, also having to fight against misery prior to that experience, those two other interactions were harder for sure. Yeah. Okay. At least to me. Yeah. And I, I did forget to give you one more tip, but I don't think it would have actually helped you based on what you told me is after you finish the doctor, if you talk to the right Mamiga in the cages, all the Mamigas will spawn hearts in front of them. So you can get like a little health boost beforehand. Oh, um, I figured that out on accident. I talked to all the Mamigas. It's like, you have to talk to a specific one and talk to it twice. You just like, you find the one that does More of that crap. Yeah. Something like that. Or or (laughs) there's three of them in one cage and you have to talk to just the right one. So there's a little trick there. (sighs) Um, now, uh, just just remind me here because I yeah. think this might be a difference in the 3DS version. When you defeated the core and you're running out, yeah. did you have another like sort of mini dungeon to run through past all the crazy Mamiga? Uh because I had a I had another Igor and a couple more of those like rabid um like Mamigas I had to run through. I had to run through like an S. S type like S shaped level, I guess. I don't think so. I think I just ended up like I had to drop down. I had to go out and then it was like, Oh no, the Island is falling. And there were things. Yeah. It was like, you'll get crushed if you don't hurry. Yeah. Um, yeah no, that this was right before that. Okay. So I don't remember that. Yeah. Okay. I just was elated at the fact that it seemed like I had beaten the game. <laughs> I mean, it's possible that because I solved all the hard requirements that that might have been something that they threw in there. Yeah. But what's nice is that you're actually healed in that interaction, so you have full health when you run, okay. when you run through it, which would be helpful if I wanted to actually do the hard part of the game. But, I mean, I'd love I'd love to see it and all that. But I, I just, did try to open that door, by the way, as I was yeah, running by. It was, locked, it was like, right? it was locked. And I'm like, cool, that's the best. I'm glad it's locked. And then I kept yeah. running. Yeah. I mean, you can go... Well, that's the interesting thing, too, is um, if you go inside... I There's a save point just before it. I saved there purposely. I suspected this would happen. Once you open that door, there's another save point, but you're locked inside once you save oh. that. So you actually can't get the ending um, oh. unless you saved at the save point right before there, which I did. So I was able to kind of choose my experience. Um, gotcha. So I got lucky on that one using my intuition. So, um, and I, I just wanted to point out too when you're looking at the, um, so when the doctor creates his minions, like, you know, 
different sort of mutant version of, of misery. And I, I just thought it was an interesting touch because the whole game, they're kind of asking like, what will the red flowers do to the Mimiga who were humans that turned into Mimiga? And you kind of see that with Sue that she's kind of like turns into sort of a humanoid uh, Mimiga. I thought that was an interesting touch. Like she's part human, part Mimiga in that form. Oh yeah. So I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah. So um that's that's I guess all I got um on Cave Story. Any final thoughts? Um there there was one thing that I wanted to to mention there there are some items that you can collect, you know, th- throughout the game that actually don't really do anything. <laughs> oh yeah, I got the clay something. Uh, clay something yeah i can't I think I, or I can't when i defeated the clay guy i don't know oh yeah the is I it picked the up a golem? medallion yeah the medallion i was wondering i'm like what does that thing do i didn't really research that um it doesn't it does. do anything at least okay. according to the the walkthrough yeah. i was looking at at that point it was like you could pick it up or not it doesn't matter that thing doesn't do anything it's like all yeah. right yeah there were there were some things like um uh, there, there is a one Mamiga you can collect her lipstick, which is, that's a weird thing that again, just that you have. And then, um, of course the, the famous one I just have to call out is, um, <laughs> um, uh, curly braces panties. That's what's one thing. That's another, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> which I thought was odd. That was okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't mean to mention that one in particular, but I just feel remiss if I but also about it. Isn't isn't Curly Brace a robot? Yeah. Why does a robot have panties? Yeah. Well, because why does a why does a warrior robot have panties? Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. That is just some. There's some weird things. Um, there's more kind of weird stuff or suggestive stuff in the game that I didn't know what to think about, but um, but it, it reminded me of Resident Evil. How there's certain things that you can collect that have no purpose. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's just you can for completionists like. You can here's you can grab this newspaper, take it with you. <laughs> it's, it's yours, you know wow. that kind of stuff, you know. So no function, but you can take it. Yeah. Well, yeah. whatever. It's kind of like Skyrim. Yeah, and it's it's steal cool. everything that isn't nailed down. <laughs> when you see your inventory and it's you know full, you know, because it's got got all these things that do. And at least you don't do get encumbered or yeah. over encumbered with. Uh, stuff <laughs> there there's some things i wish they'd explain because one of the things to get to the final boss you have to it's the it's called like a 120 counter it's a stopwatch with no buttons i guess and it's like i wish it would it served a purpose like you put it in a slot or something then it opened a door no no the door just doesn't open unless you have that item or something like that huh. so anyway that's that's it that's that's i think that's all my thoughts everything i think i you and I talked for probably over an hour on this. So yeah, and uh, for me, in the end, I, I guess I can I can have a bit of what you described and what I've heard my dad described after he talked about this like awful ex- this awful experience that he had going through the Grand Canyon, and then was like, but it was amazing, and I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> 
what do you mean it was amazing? You sounded miserable. He's like, oh, but it was the best. And I'm like, how is it the best? So I'm not going as far as to say it's the best. But now that I'm done and I'm not in the experience anymore, it is nice to be like, I did that. I went through that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it was a game that you purchased, right? That yeah. you didn't get to play through. So for better yeah. or worse, you got your value out of it. Yeah. Well, and I, I am glad that I have an understanding finally what cave story is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And cause it's so funny because I've seen quote the character, like I've seen him on like, like, like as a cameo or a playable character in so many other games merchandise. And I've just been like, I guess that's the dude from cave story. But now I at least like now it's all connected. Now I understand. And, uh, and again, like I'll, I'll just mention what I did right when we first started talking about cave story in this episode, which this is impressive that this was made by one person. Yeah. I know I have gripes and it's not my favorite game ever. It is also not anywhere near the worst game I've ever played. Not even close. I, I, this is a good game. It is a good game. <laughs> I can see that it's a good game. I just have things that I don't like about it, but it is a good game for sure. So I, I want to make that clear <laughs> that I think and know this is a good game. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's one of those game bucket list things that I didn't know, I wasn't aware about. Honestly, when Chrono recommended that we play this, I thought this game was Spelunky. I thought that that was the game. Like I was oh. confused. I was like, oh yeah, no, it's the the shooter that you're in. The like I when people talked about Cave Story, I was actually think of thinking of Spelunky in my head. Um, so I'm glad that I know that it is not Spelunky. And that <laughs> there's all these things about the game and I understand yeah. the references and I can say that I finished it though. Not entirely. I feel like that's God gamers only, you know, so one of those things, but to do the, the true ending. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I like, it's one of those things. I'm just would be happy just to watch it on YouTube. Honestly, just uh, to, I, at a certain point in my playthrough, I would have been satisfied leaving with what's his face and just been like, Oh, the drag Kazuma. Yeah. Like, let's get out of here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is you don't get any credits though with that ending. So that's what kind of sucks. It's like, it's like, ah, uh, you finished the game, but not really. It's so. like, Oh, you mean I could have been out of here? Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't just, like I'm, some of me is glad I didn't stop right there. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Cause I, th- I think the, the final boss is worth it, you know, overcoming that, you know, so my opinion, but yeah, no, it was good. All right. Should we get the heck out of here and yeah. go back to the future? Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived back to present day, which is the past for you, listener. It is November the 30th, 2023, and we have returned from talking about some cave story. I never would have I never would have thought I would have been able to say I beat that game. Hey, well, now you can. And not be lying. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I could have said it before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just wouldn't have been true. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, that's that's a little bit of my dad uh, that just came out to play. 
<laughs> um, all right. So this is the part of the show. We talk about the things that we have been playing and I'm going to, I'm going to be snappy about some of mine because four of them are almost the same game. <laughs> um, so I know that previously on the last episode about we love Katamari, I had mentioned that I had just started playing beautiful Katamari. Well, I continued and completed beautiful Katamari, but that did not quench my Katamari thirst. I then found a way to play Katamari Forever, the PlayStation 3 version, um, which was fantastic. Uh, I would, I you know, mm, I don't know which one of my, I don't know which Katamari is my favorite right now. Actually, I might. But anyway, so I played and then I also completed Katamari Forever. So I, I completed in the last show Katamari Damacy. Uh, we love Katamari. And then since then, I've completed beautiful Katamari, Katamari Forever. I then went on to play me and my Katamari on the PSP. I completed that as well. <laughs> uh, and then I moved on to touch my Katamari on the PS Vita, but I had not made enough progress in Cave Story, so I had to put that down to be able to complete Cave Story. Uh, so I've not completed touch my Katamari. Um... So far, though, I think my favorite Katamari that I have played uh, was We Love Katamari, oh, the one okay. that we just did the episode for. I I would say that, and then like the next runner-up would maybe be uh, Katamari Forever after that. Um, but there's a lot of crossover between We Love Katamari, Beautiful Katamari, Katamari Forever, and Me and My Katamari, because Beautiful Forever and me and my <laughs> all came out after we love. So they all have like, they take, they take levels from previous Katamari games. So it's like, I ended up technically like playing a lot of the same stuff. There were different items at times and different objectives. I would say objectively the worst Katamari that I've played is me and my Katamari on the PSP, though I did enjoy it. It's hard to get mm. the same experience on the PSP. There's no analog sticks. Yeah, I can it's see that. It's the D-pad and face buttons, which I got really used to. Oh, sure. Um, but like the level variety is very limited in, uh. in me and my Katamari on the PSP. Um, you play the same like seven or eight scenarios over and over again that are slightly different. Um, it's like pocket Katamari, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have the means to play it and you enjoy Katamari, play it. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's my least favorite Katamari, but I don't know. It's like also, you know, pizza still pizza. <laughs> maybe bad pizza is not that great but it's pizza um that's that's me and my katamari it's it's like bad pizza but it's still pizza mm. um so let's see i also in my quest to maybe play something other than katamari um i did i did purchase and download Bal uh, baldur's gate 3 from my pc mm. i have played probably five hours of the game it 
I know this is also a really good game. I don't know if this is a for me right now thing. I was really mm. enjoying it in the first few hours. I haven't stopped enjoying it. I just don't know if my attention is ready for like being totally focused on Baldur's Gate 3. Um, but I made yeah. a bard because okay. I thought that would be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow, the character dialogue and interactions and like the world, it's really cool. Like it yeah. is a very cool game. Um, I, I get the hype behind it, even though I'm not like glued to it. Like a lot of people have been, um, I, I definitely see why people love it. Yeah. I think there's a realm where I can enjoy that game too. There's a reality, but I, I know that my attention isn't there. Like kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to check out some more of it. Um, Cause it's, it's good. It's very well voice acted and very well, very well animated. I mean, the graphics are great. Um, anyway, cool game. Um, I then on game pass also played a bit of a game called thirsty suitors. I've played maybe 90 or so minutes of the game. It's really cool. (laughs) Um, you like, it's, it's a little bit of a, RPG meets Tony Hawk meets uh dating sim. Oh, okay. There's a dating. Okay. That makes sense. Like, yeah, it's, it's, and you, you like the main character is a, I think first generation American woman, uh, born of like a Sri Lankan family living in the United States. Oh, okay. And like, uh, she comes back into town after being gone for a while. There was a breakup. And like, I also felt like a bit of a Scott Pilgrim vibe because like you come back and then like all of your exes have like banded together. Oh, okay. Um, and there's like RPG style battles. Okay. And your grandmother is coming, I maybe from maybe from Sri Lanka. I'm not quite sure. I haven't I haven't I don't think I've heard yet, but she's coming into town for your sister's wedding and you haven't talked to your sister in a while. No. Um, but like your grandmother is like sending all of these suitors to try to get you like a partner and married off or something. Anyway, like, I don't know. It's, it's, to me, feels very unique. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not terribly difficult. Um, the, the dialogue is funny. The characters are cool. Like, it's just a very interesting, unique game that if you have Game Pass, uh, listener, I, strongly suggest check it out if any of these elements sounds remotely interesting um it's a fun little game yeah it looks it looks good um i i I was like when you said thirsty shooter suitors i was like this kind of sounds a little um i don't know like a dating sim you know Uh, yeah it's so funny like the the way that you do your rpg battles sometimes you have like these guys like or girls like but it starts off being a lot of guys that are like hitting on you 
okay. and like you have different ways to either try to like frustrate them or embarrass them um you can call on your mom as like a way to get help and get them like get out of a bad situation in the battle um where she like stands up for you and like hits them with her sandal mm-hmm. <laughs> um what else oh there's like uh there's a a thirsty attack that you can do and like where you feign interest in them oh, okay. <laughs> and then they're all like love struck and then they can't attack properly. Like it's, yeah, it's really funny. Um, the, the, one of probably one of the more stylized games I've seen in a long time. Oh so yeah. It's, awesome. it's, it's yeah, it's, it's super cool. I definitely recommend it. Um, okay. and lastly today, as I was trying to find different, like trying to find the next game, I like, turned on my retro USB AVS and uh, threw in my my EverDrive, my NES EverDrive, and was trying to find different, like, trying to find, like, an NES, like, holiday-themed game and found a couple things that ultimately I did not pick, but I stumbled across Mighty Final Fight. And it's really fun. It's a great little, like, chibi art-style beat-em-up because it's a Final Fight game, uh, but it's a very late, late uh nes generation game i think probably the super nintendo was already out by the time this thing came out um the graphics are great it's a really like it it feels as fun to me to play uh as something like streets of rage um so this might be a uh, future episode contender uh sometime in the future but yeah it's good stuff nice yeah and and you hadn't played Mighty Final Fight before? No, but a long time ago, I had listened to an episode of the Back in My Play podcast with Kevin Larrabee, and he like went off on this game, like in like a good way about like how how much he loved this game and how fun it was. Um, and apparently, it's a very it's a very rare and expensive game nowadays, okay. since it was a late uh, NES release. Huh. Interesting. So I don't have the original cart. I don't have the desire to, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. uh, but it's really fun to play. Uh, cool. Um, so I'm just going to start off. I haven't played a lot of games. Like the only two games besides cave story I've played, um, I've played in the last 24 hours, basically. Um, I played some deep rock galactic today, uh, with my coworkers because I organized, uh, you know, I know we're all gamers. So I yeah, I, I saw, I saw you pop up on Xbox and I was like, Oh, what's Andy playing right now? And then I saw it was deep rock and I was like, Oh, that's right. He's probably playing with coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I have PCs I can play on there, but, um, I, I, there's this TV at work. There's like a 65 inch, uh, 4k TV. And I had a hard time getting the PC version to play nice on that one. I either, had to enforce V-Sync, which would cut the frame rate to 30 frames per second. Um, or I was uh, running unlocked frame rate and I was having terrible screen tearing right in the middle of the screen. Um, so I couldn't figure out what the happy medium was there. And I wasn't running at 4K resolution. So I was running at a lower resolution. But with V-Sync, it was still mostly sticking to 30, which doesn't feel good for a first-person shooter. So what I did is um, there was a spare Xbox One S laying around and I just 
signed in with my account. No one was using it. I just wiped it and put my account on there. So I've been nice. playing on that. Really interesting. The Xbox, so Xbox One S, this is like the original Xbox One, basically. Yeah. It has a performance and a fidelity mode where you can sort of like switch between slightly better graphics. I mean, and, I'd believe that for something like Deep Rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just thought it was, they both, you know, don't hate, they both target 60 FPS and don't hit it very often. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like when nothing's happening, you're just looking at your supply drop, then it's running at 60, but all their times it's basically 45, but it feels fine. It's using, I, I'm pretty sure the TV is using V-Sync, so it doesn't feel like nausea inducing to play. So, so that's cool. Uh, we played some of that. Um, last night I tried, I've owned this game for probably a couple of years now, but never tried it. I, I used to play destroy all humans on, I think I rented it on GameCube or something back in the day, uh, from blockbuster when that was a thing. Yeah. And, uh, I've, I've had the remastered version and I just fired it up on my steam deck I can get it to run really well at 40 frames per second in low graphics mode where it's a power profile that I'm happy with. Um, but I, I just don't know if the game is what I, I don't know um, what I need right now. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, just that's hard. fair. Yeah. I, I got I've, a lot of, I've played the beginning of the remaster when it was on game pass and it yeah. was like, Oh, this is kind of interesting right now, but I don't know if it's what I want to, get into yeah exactly um so it's it's kind of fun it reminded me of like stubs the zombie because it's like a you know it's a b game you know like so it doesn't have to be yeah i think it's it's probably actually when i played it was around the time we played stub the zombie yeah yeah exactly um but yeah i got a lot of life stuff kind of going on right now that i haven't talked about and and all that um so i'm working on and i've noticed when i feel stressed or uncomfortable i can't I can't play games. I need to be in a comfortable state of mind um, to play games. I've noticed that about myself. Um, so like earlier, I think I was perfectly happy to just like put on gameplay of games on the TV with the volume all the way down. Like, so I just can just turn my brain off and just watch, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's a really weird time for me right now. So I hope that situation improves soon. Um, but I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah. I hope it improves as well. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. So maybe you should play Katamari. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that I almost fired it up because I I fired up my I opened my Steam Deck and that was like the last thing I played on it. It was like ready to go. I was like, ooh. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty it's pretty satisfying and pretty at least to me, pretty satisfying and relaxing. <laughs> That's why it's I was like, much... I'm going to keep playing ca- nothing but Katamari. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I've been doing around my house, too. Like, I yeah. bet my partner has been like, what are you doing? I'm just like, when we were playing, <laughs> when we were playing that game, that's kind of what I was doing. Yeah. So that just gets stuck in my head so well. Katamari on the swing. all right do you want to tell the listeners what our next episode is yes the quintessential holiday winter time just it makes you makes you think of the holidays 
and it's Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, there was a lot of deliberation for me going back and forth between a few different things. And then I was like, oh, my God, that's right. How did I forget about this? I had even thought about this a few months ago playing it. And then I was like, no, I want to hold on to it for the winter. And then I almost forgot about it. Uh, I see. Um, So, yeah. Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey for the Nintendo 64. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's a blast. It's basically the NBA jam equivalent of hockey. Yeah. Maybe a little NFL blitz, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all the same. It's, it's an arcade sports title. It's, it's less than the official number of players Mm. and it's way over the top. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. I really haven't played much hockey games at all. So I think I'm looking forward to it. Oh man, we maybe we need to figure out a way whether uh, this weekend or the next or something to get together and play some Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this weekend might work. So we'll let's talk about it. All right. Well, you got anything else? No, I don't have anything else. All right. Well, let's get the heck out of here. Let me let me find that that music button. There it is. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We know there are a lot of podcast options out there. I mean, really, there's like millions of them. Um, <laughs> but we appreciate you taking the time to put our words in your ears. It really does mean a lot. You can also check out our website at www.retrogametimemachine.com and you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Podorama, the, the official Cave Story cast... Uh, nothing. No, that was dumb. <laughs> Got to keep going. Uh, you can join us on Discord. You can follow us on Instagram, and you can join us next time when we talk about Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey for the Nintendo 64. May your video games be fun, and bye for now. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>